Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. Welcome to Weekend Update. I'm Michael Che. I'm Colin Jost. <laughs> Judge Brett Kavanaugh and Dr. Christine Blasey Ford appeared Thursday in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee in a classic debate of she said, he yelled. 
Based on his testimony, I guess Kavanaugh thought the hearing was about whether he was cool in high school. We drank beer. I liked beer. Still like beer. I worked out with other guys at Tobin's house just to meet up and have some beers. Working out, lifting weights. We drank beer. We liked beer. I got to say, you're not really helping yourself in a drunken assault case when you yell about how much you liked drinking and how strong you were at the time. Pretty much the only ones who kept their composure at the hearing were the woman being questioned and the woman Republicans had to hire to talk to the woman being questioned. Now, on an optics level, I get why the Republicans did that, but if you're not the right person to ask questions at a Senate hearing, maybe you're not the right person to be a senator. I just want to remind everybody that all this yelling and crying happened at this dude's job interview. <laughs> I mean, typically when you're asked about a sexual assault and your drinking problem at a job interview, you don't get the damn job. <laughs> I don't know if Mr. Kavanaugh actually has a history of assault or if he actually has a drinking problem, but I do know that he might, and you shouldn't be on the Supreme Court if you might. You shouldn't be on the people's court if you might. Sometimes might is enough. I mean, I don't want to pet your dog if he might bite me. I don't want to leave you in my house if you might be a crackhead. I'm not going to have sex with you if you might have dated Charlie Sheen. And then there are his calendars. Uh, you know, if you have calendars from 1982, it does not prove you're innocent. It proves you're a hoarder. You know when most people throw out their calendars from 1982? 1983. And if you're drinking a bunch and you keep a calendar, it's probably to help piece together what happened in your life. He kept a calendar the same way the guy in Memento got tattoos. Now, to be fair to Judge Kavanaugh, it's insane that... <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, one guy. To be fair to Judge Kavanaugh, it's insane that he has to answer questions about his high school yearbook. If you looked into anyone's high school yearbook, you'd find something super embarrassing. Like, I regret that my senior quote was a Smash Mouth lyric, and I very much regret that my hairstyle was the Rachel. But if they do ask about your yearbook, why would you lie? The Devil's Triangle is not a drinking game. But speaking of drinking games, if you took a shot for every time Kavanaugh lied about his yearbook, you'd be as drunk as Brett Kavanaugh was in the summer of 82. <laughs> you know, these hearings have taught me a lot about what happens at white prep schools, and I never thought I'd say this, but I'm sending my kids to a black school where it's safe. <laughs> You know, of course, this is a big deal because a Supreme Court judge is a lifetime job. And sadly, that's more important to Congress than the concerns of half the country. Kavanaugh could be the deciding vote on issues concerning the very people he makes feel unsafe. It'd be like letting a coyote decide on roadrunner rights or letting all white cops police an all black neighborhood. <laughs> also, <laughs> why does it have to be him? You can't just pick another dude from your Illuminati lizard meeting? Are Republicans so pro-life that you don't even have a plan B for this? And now President Trump
Trump on Friday ordered the FBI to conduct a new investigation into Brett Kavanaugh. And Trump is so serious, he said the FBI should probably just drop everything else and only investigate this one thing. Because after Dr. Ford's testimony... <laughs> After Dr. Ford's testimony and this new FBI investigation, Kavanaugh basically has two strikes against him. Or as Kavanaugh thinks of it, Dos Equis. <laughs>
over a wall. Uh, he's calling it everything but what he used to call it, a wall. He's calling it a panel or, or a barrier. Give me a break. It's it's um it's a wall. He still wants more money for it, or he's going to declare a national emergency. But still, in all, he's threatening another shutdown if Democrats don't give him what he wants for something that is not happening on the border. There is no emergency on the border. There is nothing on the border. Trump is telling lies. He doesn't need $5.7 billion for a wall. Yeah, we need more border security. Of course, we all want that. But no wall. Just to feed his ego. That's all it is, to feed his ego and his minions. You know, they are just sucking up to this. You know, I guess he's still taking his orders from Fox News. Folks, there is no emergency on the phone, on on the uh, border, and for him to want to call or declare a national emergency is is just bogus. I think Trump wants that five point seven billion dollars to put in his pocket, or try to shave some money off that that amount to put in his pocket, because that five point seven billion dollars or six billion dollars, that's taxpayer money. That's our money. He said a zillion times, he said what seemed like a zillion times that that um, Mexico would pay for the wall. I mean, it's on tape. It's all over the place. Video. That Mexico... Now, in some cases, he's saying he didn't say that or he didn't mean it. He said it. He meant it. It's just that he couldn't follow through with it because Mexico gave him the finger. So I'm just hoping Democrats stand steadfast and not give this man one penny. It's a shame that there's going to be a government shutdown, uh, holding a country hostage, holding 800,000 workers again, and they may not get their paychecks. Emergency. Uh, he just he just loves to screw up America. SNAP benefits, rental assistance, all of this stuff is going to go back into turmoil. The airports, uh, TSA agents, they're going to go back into turmoil. They won't be getting paid. Then he's going to try and, and declare a national emergency where there is no emergency. There is no emergency. Why does he keep on trying to convince us that we need a wall on the border when there is no emergency, none whatsoever, unless he wants the money to put in his pocket? I'm hearing several – I'm hearing – I'm always hearing that he is actually no millionaire. He is no billionaire. His taxes will tell us that. We know for a fact that Trump does not pay taxes. We know for a fact that he's a Russian agent. 
We know for a fact that he's a traitor. And we know for a fact that there's no emergency on the national on the US Mexico border. We know that. Because even the uh homeowners and landowners around in that area, they're saying there is no emergency on their border. The emergency will come if a wall is built. People would uh, come into the country more than ever if a wall is built. But you can't convince Donald Trump of that. His mind is, he has a one-track mind, and he sees walls keeping people out, keeping people in. He sees walls, and he can't think for crap because if he builds a wall, no matter how high, they're going to build they're going to just throw the people who want to come in America, they're going to throw ladders up and and climb up on ladders and come on, you know, ladders. Or either they're going to dig tunnels and find a way into the United States. This wall is not going to stop anything. It's not going to stop anybody. It's going to make things a lot worse. I'm all for border security. I'm all for keeping out the the riffraff that that Trump calls riffraff. Drugs and 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 murderers and thugs and terrorists. Basically, the only thing that's coming across that border are people who are running for their lives to try to make a life for themselves somewhere else. Poverty. These people ain't I mean, they've they've walked and marched all the way to the US border. They don't have guns. They don't have uh, 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 weapons or uh, drugs. It's just them and their children, which Trump is separating at the border. And now some of the kids uh, that are being separated, they don't know where their parents are or they don't know where the kids are to reunite those families. Yeah, it's a mess. It is a mess. And once again, folks, we do not need a wall. Trump, I mean, the guy has done two or three, maybe four speeches trying to sell U.S., the United States people, the Americans, basically Americans, his wall. And he has failed. He has failed in trying to sell us his wall. But he wants to ram it down our throats anyway. Why? Because president. That's why. He feels I'm president and I should get anything I want. I don't give a damn what the American people say. I don't care what they want. I want a wall. <laughs> I want $6 billion, $5.7 billion for a wall. That's it. That's me. And he's lying his ass off. Uh, uh, to us to try to get money for a wall and then he then he has these people who his supporters who are supporting his lies for a wall on the US Mexico border excuse me yeah so that's where we are today folks that's where we are today and uh he's threatening once again if he doesn't get money for a bogus wall for a bogus uh uh National emergency. He's going to shut down the government a few days from now. 
if Democrats do not cough up money that he wants for something that is non-existent. It's just it's just a crazy time in America. This will be the third, maybe the fourth time, could be the fifth, since Trump been president that he has shut down the government or the government has been there's been a government uh, uh, shutdown averted, but there are times when the uh, there was no aversion to the government shutdown and it and it went on. Um, this is just awful. This is just fucking awful, folks. Excuse me for my language, but I, I just can't take another government shutdown. The people can't take another go- government shutdown. This is uh, screwing up the economy big time. Donald Trump doesn't give a damn about the economy. He cares about what he wants, even if what he wants is very, very ridiculous and, and a lot of BS and a lot of lying. There is no crisis on the U.S.-Mexico border, none whatsoever. Do we want better border security? Of course, I don't think there is a American within the United States that do not want border security. However, we do not want a wall. So now he's going to, you know, at one time he was holding the uh, dreamers hostage to try to get money for a wall. Now he now he is up to his ante and holding 800,000 federal workers and their families. To get this wall, he's holding uh, food stamps recipients and their children hostage to get this wall. He's threatening, he's threatening to uh, furlough workers once again to get this wall. It, it's nothing but extortion, and extortion should be a crime. And we all are wondering why in the hell Donald Trump isn't in prison right now. Why isn't he? Mueller has more than enough evidence to go in the White House and just pull his ass out with handcuffs and leg irons and load him on into a paddy wagon off to prison. Robert Mueller has more than enough evidence, ample evidence. Why haven't we seen his final report yet? This has been going on too long. He's been locking up everybody close to Donald Trump. Everybody who is in Donald Trump's circle been going to jail. And Donald Trump is saying he acts as if he don't know anything about anything. But Donald Trump is the godfather of all of this, all, all of these crimes. Why is he always seeming to get the fuck off and everybody else around him? Going straight to prison, being indicted, and implicating him in their crimes, talking and flipping. Why? My guess is the Justice Department. They have uh, uh, some kind of uh, clause on their book saying that 
saying that a sitting president cannot be indicted. And Mueller might be considering that. He might be going by their guidelines because he, Mueller himself, is actually an, you know, FBI. So he may be just be going by those guidelines. But those are dumb guidelines because the United States, the laws of the United States come from the United States Constitution. And the Constitution says, does not say anything to the uh, fact that a sitting president cannot be indicted. There's nothing in the Constitution that says that. He can be indicted. A sitting president can be indicted. And I'm pretty sure uh, in the years to come, they're going to change that. That's going to be taken off the books. And another thing that's saving Donald Trump's ass is the Senate Republicans. They're saving him. But still in all, Mueller has has enough to uh, send this guy straight to prison. Why is he dancing out from all of this? How How is he getting away with this uh, for so long and so much? Because as long as Mueller doesn't uh, indict him, Trump is free to wreak more havoc on the United States. I mean, there's... The Americans are saying, hurry up, Robert Mueller. This guy is wrecking the country. (laughs) Can't you hurry up (laughs) and get him out of the White House? Get him out of the White House. Wow. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago. Uh, It's pretty nippy here, and uh, I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'm fine. Nose, my nose stopped up somewhat. But um, if I sound funny, it's because uh, you know it's 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 cold, and we're trying to keep warm. We are warm, and but it's not as cold as it was a few weeks ago. Uh, was it a week and a half? Okay, week and a half. But we're fine now. All right, the George Wilder Jr. is on the air, and it is what time is it? It's six twenty-five, straight up p.m. in the city of Chicago, Central Standard Time. And we're going to do this, folks, and let's see, can we do this? We're going to do this, and we will be right back. Stay right where you are.
All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I, uh, it seems Donald Trump is saying that El Paso, facts about a border wall and immigration, that El Paso is uh, safe because of a wall or something. But we'll get back to that and try to clear up what, what he's trying to say or what he's talking about because – <laughs> when Trump is talking, you never know what he's actually talking about. Anyway, until you actually get into some of the details, and we'll do that later on. All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. show. Go right ahead. Hi, I'm I'm Ilse Busco. I'm calling in from Spain, and I'm calling oh, yeah, because I have to. Sorry. I was going to say I, I believe we talked before. Yes, we did. We talked okay. before about it yeah. a few months ago, and uh, we talked about my books, and uh, I just published a new book called Reincarnation in a Nutshell. Uh, why I think the last. I, I think Sorry? I think the last time we talked about uh, one of your books was called Death is an Illusion. That's the uh, that is, that's, that's as I remember. Right, yes. Yeah. yes, that is true. We did, and um, I've just, as I said, published a new book. And uh, I, I wanted to, I've written it together with a friend of mine uh, called Maria McMahon, so it's a joint project. And what I wanted to, to do with this book is showing that we really do not only live once. That is why um, I, I, the book is called Reincarnation in a Nutshell. If this book has nothing to do with Buddhism or Hinduism or anything, it is not absolutely a common logic that is uh, is the basis for this claim because it is becoming clear that we are not identical to our physical body and uh, what we actually are identical to is our consciousness and our consciousness is a field of energy and this field of energy does not is not extinguished just because the physical body dies so the physical body is really just an instrument for the, 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 the forces of our consciousness. And that means that we, we do not die. I mean, death is an illusion. I think it's important to tell the world that what people fear so much and there's so much fuss about does really not exist. And, yeah. and we, yes, we talked. You, I mean, you really had me going. I, I was uh, enthralled in what you were saying because it made a lot of sense when we were, when we were talking about death is not an illusion. And I, I agreed with you on some of your uh, uh, some of the details you were uh, 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 telling us and talking about, and and the ways that you were explaining it. So yeah, I'm on board. I do think that uh, no one should be afraid to die. I mean, uh, because there's so many people afraid afraid to die. And the way we were talking, we were saying it's silly to be afraid to die. Absolutely, because we, we have all died millions of times. <laughs> we know what it's like, and we are yeah. all on a journey. We are on a journey to physical and spiritual realms. And, um, and every time we come back, to the physical plane as we are now, we take all the accumulated wisdom that we have, have reached, reaped uh, during previous incarnations with us so that 
for every physical life we live, we become more knowledgeable, we become more wise, we become better persons, we become more moral, we become more ethical. So we are really on a journey towards per perfection. And uh, this is something that, that I think is so important to, to know that that all the all the, the, the things that are going on that we think, oh, it's so terrible, but it's all a learning process that is teaching us to become real human beings, because there's so much uh, shit going on, excuse me, in the world. <laughs> I and, said the um, same thing. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a point with your question. <laughs> but, but, but we have to realize that, that this is just a snapshot. It's, it's a snapshot of an yeah. unfinished world. And we are living now in this unfinished world, but we are on our way towards a much better and much more finished world. But of course, because we are, there are so many unfinished people living in in this world, um, we have the the state that we have today, the state of the world that we have today. But but we there are also so many things that are improving, and I don't know if you have heard about the the work of the the Swedish author, um, yeah, Hans Bosling. That that uh, not Bosling. Uh, something. Elsie, anyway, um, I want to. I have a question. Yes. How how different is your new book from the book you called Death Is an Illusion? Is it similar, or is it uh, you're offering a little bit more details? Is it a little yes. bit more engaging? How different is it from from that from your it, previous book? It, I mean, my my book Death Is an Illusion is is like a general introduction to the mm -hmm. work of the the Danish mystic Martinus. And this uh, reincarnation in a nutshell is really, as it suggests, an, a, a book that explains in plain words, and it's a short book, it's only 120 pages, that explains the logic behind reincarnation. So it's like I've taken one element out of my book, Death is an Illusion, and I'm explaining it at, in, in more detail. I mean, I have one chapter in Death is an Illusion that deals with reincarnation, but in this book, um, I have taken the reincarnation thing out and like sort of um, explained it at more depth. And, um, yeah. and there's so much evidence today. And um, and that, that is what I have also been concentrating on in, in reincarnation in a nutshell, to sort of um, make it make it obvious for everybody that 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 this is how it is. It's not a religion. It's not a something that we should believe in it's simply looking at at things and looking at the world from a new perspective yeah. you know i've i've heard all my life that the, the body you're carrying is only temporary it's only a temporary yeah. shelter and mm -hmm. uh i've always be believed that i always, i i didn't actually understand if there was a heaven or a hell but i did know that your body was just temporary you were just occupying it for a little while and mm. you know and and i do believe in reincarnation i do think that once you die you're gonna come back you know uh will you actually remember that you were here before or that you died a thousand times and and every time and each time you came back you may have come back as a is it possible not to come back as a human but maybe come back as some sort of other living organism? No, it's not possible. You cannot come back 
as any as a subhuman species. You can only come back as a better version of yourself. And the reason is that for each life you live, of course, we do come from the animal kingdom, but that is many, many, many incarnations ago. And for each incarnation we live, each life we live, we add information, we add knowledge to our consciousness. And, and this knowledge is not lost when we die. This knowledge is saved. We can put, put it like that in our faith element. And we take this knowledge with us into each new incarnation. So for each life we live, we become, as I said, better, more moral, uh, more wise. Uh, we, 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 we simply evolve towards becoming You're saying we being. become smarter, more intelligent? Yeah, absolutely. We do because we, we build on the, on the accumulated um, experience that we have taken with us from our, our many yeah. lives. And also, I mean, it's interesting, if you, if you ask a three-year-old, who were you when you were big, that, that a child will answer you very happily and say and tell you interesting stuff because they still have some kind of, of, of remembrance of, uh, of who they were. And they are so happy to have this kind of question because they want to be recognized not as a, <laughs> a child that doesn't know anything, but as a mature being that has come back and is now in, in, a, in a small body but not on its way to, to having... Uh, a big body and I'll tell you this I mean if if I die I would not want to come back as George Wilder Jr. believe me I would not want to live (laughs) what I've experienced and gone through over again it better be something new (laughs) I don't want to come back and go and go through the struggles again (laughs) no no and you won't go through the same struggles because you have already learned a lot from the struggles you have been through so you will yeah. become a, a wiser person and and uh, a person learn to that avoid will them, have, huh? have other things to learn because each time we come down here, we come down to learn. But what is it's important to understand that the physical plane is like a kind of schoolroom that we are in. And we come here to improve our morals, our the way we look at things, the way we behave. Like if... If we are very aggressive persons, we come down to unlearn this aggressiveness. We come down to become, to come one step further towards becoming a, a real human being. And a real human being is somebody who emanates, uh, emanates love to everybody, and, yeah. and who doesn't kill, doesn't doesn't hurt, doesn't harm, doesn't brag. You know, doesn't isn't greedy, and and um, so life will be a little bit more peaceful, enjoyable the second or third time around. Uh, uh, So I have a question, Elsie. How do you feel about death? How do you feel about your own immortality? Oh, I feel that um, I'm looking really looking forward. To, to, to dying, <laughs> but we, I know I can't die, but I'm looking forward to passing it over to the, to the spiritual plane because the spiritual plane is a plane of rest, and we all know that there's, there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of, um, I mean, we, we all go through, uh, when, when we live life here on the physical plane, it's not always pleasant. It is it's like a, 
it's 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 like a catharsis. And yeah. once yeah. once we have lived for a number of decades, we will we will most of us will feel, ooh, I could I could do with a break here. So <laughs> <laughs> so that is actually what happens that when we pass over. We go to a wavelength on the spiritual plane that corresponds to the most evolved part of mm. our own consciousness. And and there we have a good long rest, and we will meet uh, the people that we that have passed over before us, and who we know. Oh and, wow! And you have, know, you know, when I die, yeah. you know who I would like to meet? My grandmother. You think you think we could meet again? <laughs> My grandmother oh, and I. You, you will think be so? waiting for you. Yes, absolutely. Wow, because that's, that's how a, it is. That people that we have been close to will definitely um, be there waiting for us, and uh, we will have great. a great. Re- reunion. So, so yes, absolutely. So, and I mean, so, but but the whole we have, we have to understand that it it it's a whole there's a whole world picture. There's a whole mm-hmm. way the the universe has been constructed, and that is also what we are revealing in the reincarnation in the nutshell book, like the master plan of life. Why are we here? Where are we coming from? Where are we going? And and this has nothing to do. And this has nothing to do with religion, the Bible, or any of that. This is just no. a natural occurrence. Well, I, I would put it like this, that I have all this information I have from Martinus, who had, um, who, who had a, an expansion of his consciousness when he was 30. And he, mm-hmm. he had consciousness at that t- point in time. So it's not, it's not religion in any, in any traditional sense, but of course it is spirituality. This what he reveals is not okay. something that we can that we can study from this uh, physical plane. I mean, what the the knowledge that he reveals comes from above, and um, mm. it is completely logical and it so appeals yeah. to our intellect. So it, it's okay. not it's not not an object of faith. It's not something that we should believe in. It's something that we should study and see if what it it reveals does not fit with what we can actually observe in the physical world. And and it absolutely does. It is really okay. a, an absolutely amazing work. And that's yeah, why it I've sounds like it. Yeah, about it. Because I think it's such a pity that, that so relatively few people know about it. Yeah. I, I think people know about it. I do think people realize it that, you know, just like I realized when I was a lot younger that, you know, my body was just temp- a temporary uh, yeah. um, sh- shelter for, for, for the spirit inside of my body. And uh, mm-hmm. but I, I I didn't, you know, take it any further than that. But Elsie, how are you? No. How is this book doing and how is the response coming to what you, the kinds of things that you write about? How are people reacting it's to not, this book and your previous? It's been, out, it's been out now for a little bit more than a month. And uh-huh. we've had some absolutely great reviews on, on Amazon. Great. And great. It, is, uh, it's, it's, it is selling. I'm not saying it's, it's selling um, fantastically. But it's selling but, set, steadily. Yeah. And um, I certainly hope that it will go on doing so. Because as I say... Okay. I'm not. I'm not doing this to 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 make money or to sell books. I'm doing it to spread the message. And I think it's mm-hmm. it's such a pity that so many people don't know about this because it is really a life-changing moment when you realize that 
that you are not identical to your physical body, that you are identical to something else, and and that you go on after the the, the physical body has has stopped functioning, and that's really just what it is. You change and bodies from one body yeah, to another body. Yeah. Okay. And you're saying basically to the whole world, to every living human being, never be afraid to die. Absolutely. There's absolutely nothing to be afraid of. Death is a wonderful process. And and everybody dies at the most loving time. I mean, we our our point our time of death has been prearranged actually before we before we reincarnated. So there's only any reason to, to look forward to it. And um, I mean, if we look at what the re- near-death experiences say about dying, they all agree that it is amazing, it's fantastic, and they don't want to come back because it is so wonderful over there. So, so why would anybody be afraid? And, and, and people think that they can lose their life, but they can't. We are always alive, whether we have a physical body or not. And uh, because we are our spiritual body, we are our spirit, our consciousness. And as our consciousness is um, a storage room for all the knowledge that we have accumulated, all the skills, all the talents we have, we will take those with us into our next incarnation. So that's great. Uh, that, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah but I, let's say let's say if I was married and I had a really really uh, uh, bad relationship with this with my one of my pre my previous wife uh i mm-hmm. i i i would want to uh i would <laughs> i would want to take her with me i you know i mean can uh i guess what i'm saying is um the people in your life um um do you or have you you don't have to remember them will you remember people in your life who probably given you a hard time Yes, I mean everybody that that you are connected with, you will. I mean your 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 loving relationships, your your maybe not so loving relationships, will, yeah. will come with you <laughs> on, on to the spiritual plane because they're a spiritual reality. I mean, if okay. you have a bad relationship, that is a spiritual reality, and it yeah. will come with you. But but you won't solve it on the on the spiritual plane. Um, Yes, there's a sort of filter that we, you will only take the good things with you, and and the not so good things great, sort of wait great, for great, you great. To, well, to when to when you come back onto the physical plane, and there you will have to resolve them. So, but but I mean, if you meet somebody on the spiritual plane that you were not friendly with um, when you were on the physical plane, that that um, that enmity will be uh, in. Eliminated on that plane, you will be friends up there. You will be friends with everybody. I, I guess I'm saying I don't want to take anybody who I, I'm. I, I guess I'm speaking for a lot of people. I don't want to take anybody who I'm not that friendly with, or we we can't get along, or something. But you're saying that you will probably meet them at some point because they're gonna uh, die too. But um, Elsie, can you uh, tell us where we can get your book, where we can buy it, how we, your website, where we can uh, check this out? Because like you say, a lot of people don't know, and you want to get the word out. Exactly. Um, my book is called Reincarnation in a Nutshell, um, Why Reincarnation is Real. It's on all the Amazons. 
so it's really mm-hmm. easy to get. And I have my website, it's called newspiritualscience.com, and there you can see all my books and you can read my blog. I have more than 40 articles about all the, the big questions of life that, um, that I have answered in, on my blog. And I have a lot of free resources like videos and, uh, and, um, and podcasts. I, think I have, our, I have our, our last conversation on my, yeah. on my website. And, um, and I have articles and, and audios and uh, free chapters from my books, etc. So there's a lot of, of uh, information on my website, newspiritualscience.com. And, um, you know and, what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to be the first one, at least maybe not the first one, but I'm going to be one of the people who's going to go and get your book. I'm going to get your really? book. I, I'm, uh, probably before the night ends because it's I love what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's, well I can afford it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you can afford it, George. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. But I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to pick it up. I may pick up both of them. So if you folks out there, you're listening, uh, uh, when you podcast the show, you're listening live, uh, I'm going to go get the book. I'm going to download it. I'm going to get it in the Kindle. So I think all of my listeners out there should go get the book. Whether you believe or you don't believe, uh, maybe these uh, her books can persuade you that there is an afterlife and not to be afraid of dying. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go get me a copy of your book. I didn't get a copy of uh, death is an illusion. I may pick that up too, because you're so convincing. And, and, and in some ways it sounds, it doesn't sound crazy. It doesn't sound weird. It doesn't sound like something uh, out of the bizarre. It just sounds as if it's really, really, to the point, and it sounds your book sounds as if these things are really happening. You know, you're not going to get this kind of teaching in a church or any no. in any no. religion. Um, no. And and I mean the kind of teaching that we are being offered from the spiritual plane has to fit our level of development. And I mean the what what the religions offered was fitting for people who lived 2,000 years ago. But today we have evolved a lot and we have become much more intellectual. So we need another type of information from the spiritual yeah. plane that fits yeah. our, our present level of evolution. And, uh, yeah. and that is what the Martinez material is. It, it's something that appeals to our intellect. It appeals mm-hmm. to people who are living today in a society with a scientific outlook. Uh, George, can yeah, I read? Uh, can I yeah, read yeah. It? you got an excerpt? You got an excerpt? Sure. Yeah, I've got an excerpt. Can I read it now? Okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. The point in time where we can say that reincarnation is much more than wishful thinking is now. Now we have the evidence, the underlying theory, and the logical basis for saying that we do not only live one life. To us, the authors of this book, reincarnation is not a belief and it is not wishful thinking. It is a fact. We have studied this theme for more than 20 years, and there is not a shadow of a doubt to us that we live on after the death of the physical body. We are also completely convinced that we come back to the physical plane again and again. We have lived many lives before this one, and we are going to live many lives after this. Our present life is just one in a series of lives that we live here on Earth. 
And in this book, we're going to present the arguments, the logic, and the evidence for these claims. This is from the introduction. <clears throat> okay. So, so, uh, so, Are, so yeah. Is, yeah I mean, okay, not, great. The introduction not, sounded it's fine. It's logic. Yeah. It's logic. <laughs> yeah, logic, logic, of course. Elsie, yeah. um, uh, thanks for being on the show. And uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Because I don't want to mess it up. Biscoff. Okay, Biscoff. Elsie Biscoff on the yeah, George Wilder Jr. Any, show. It's very impractical to have <laughs> in English, but there you go. What can I do about it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Danish. Yeah. And, and yeah. that is why I can start the Martinez Give us one more time. Give us your website. Give us uh, where we can go get the book on Amazon. And then, uh, you know, uh, and then, you know, I guess we're going to have to end it. Just give us your uh, <laughs> website, Amazon, and where we can get the book. One more time. Yeah. I mean, my book is called Reincarnation in a Nutshell. <clears throat> Reincarnation, Reincarnation in a Nutshell. Yeah. It's actually okay. the first in a series of books that uh, my friend Maria McMahon and I are going to, to write because we will take these uh, things out. These I will take uh, simple elements out of the Martinez's work and present it in a way that is easy, easy to understand and easy to read. And that's what we have done. And this is the first book in the series. It's a, nut, the, a spiritual nutshell series. And the next, uh, our next book will be Karma and uh, Faith and Karma in a Nutshell. But that's a different story. So uh, this book, Reincarnation in a Nutshell, is available on all the Amazons. And um, and you can also see all my other books on my website, newspiritualscience.com. And, um, yeah, what else can I say? I really, really hope you will go and get a copy. It's okay, yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to go get a copy. I'm going to try to get everybody that I know that listen to the show to go get a copy. And uh, uh, once you get other books published in the series, make sure you come on the show, all right? Thanks for being here. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you so much, George. You're great. Bye-bye. Uh, you are too. You are too. <laughs> I'm great. Wonderful. All right. We'll be right back. Freedom. This is what I call freedom.
inflated to get it up to 10. It's a padded list. Here's what they did. About 5,000 years ago, a bunch of religious and political hustlers got together to try to figure out how to control people, how to keep them in line. They knew people were basically stupid and would believe anything they were told, so they announced that God had given them some commandments. Up on a mountain, when no one was around, God had given them the Ten Commandments. But let me ask you this. When they were sitting around making this shit up, why did they pick 10? Why 10? Why not 9 or 11? I'll tell you why. Because 10 sounds official. 10 sounds important. They knew if it was 11, people wouldn't take it seriously. Say, what, are you kidding me? The 11 commandments? Get the fuck out of here. But 10... Ten sounds important. Ten is the basis for the decimal system. It's a decade. It's a psychologically satisfying number. The top ten, the ten most wanted, the ten best dressed. So having ten commandments was really a marketing decision. <laughs> and to me, it's clearly a bullshit list. It's a political document artificially inflated to sell better. I'm going to show you how you could reduce the number of commandments and come up with a list that's a little more workable and logical. We're going to start with the first three, and I'll use the Roman Catholic version because those are the ones I was taught as a little boy. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt keep holy the Sabbath. Right off the bat, the first three, pure bullshit. <laughs> Sabbath... Sabbath day, Lord's name, strange gods. Spooky language. Spooky language. Designed to scare and control primitive people. In no way does superstitious nonsense like this apply to the lives of intelligent, civilized humans in the 21st century. You throw out the first three commandments, you're down to seven. Next, honor thy father and mother. Obedience, respect for authority. 
just another name for controlling people. The truth is, obedience and respect should not be automatic. They should be earned. They should be based on the parent's performance. Parent's performance. Right? Some, some parents deserve respect. Most of them don't. Period. You're down to six. Now, in the interest of logic, something religion is very uncomfortable with, we're going to jump around the list a little bit. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Stealing and lying. Well, actually, these two both prohibit the same kind of behavior. Dishonesty, stealing, and lying. So you don't need two of them. Instead, you combine them and you call it, thou shalt not be dishonest. And suddenly, you're down to five. And as long as we're combining, I have two others that belong together. Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Once again, these two prohibit the same kind of behavior, in this case, marital infidelity. The difference is coveting takes place in the mind, and I don't think you should outlaw fantasizing about someone else's wife. Otherwise, what's a guy going to think about when he's waxing his carrot? <laughs> but, but marital fidelity is a good idea, so we're going to keep the idea and call this one, Thou shalt not be unfaithful. And suddenly, we're down to four. But when you think about it, honesty and fidelity are really part of the same overall value. So in truth, you could combine the two honesty commandments with the two fidelity commandments and give them simpler language, positive language instead of negative, and call the whole thing, thou shalt always be honest and faithful, and we're down to three. Thou shalt, thou shalt, they're going away, they're going away fast. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. This one is just plain fucking stupid. <laughs> Coveting your neighbor's goods is what keeps the economy going. <laughs> Am I right? Your neighbor gets a vibrator that plays Oh Come All Ye Faithful. You want to get one too. Coveting creates jobs. Leave it alone. You throw out coveting and you're down to two now. The big honesty and fidelity commandment. And the one we haven't talked about yet. Thou shalt not kill. Murder. The fifth commandment. But when you think about it. <laughs> when you think about it. Religion has never really had a big problem with murder. Not really. More people have been killed in the name of God than for any other reason. All you have to do. Sure. All you have to do is look at Northern Ireland, the Middle East, Kashmir, the Inquisition, the Crusades, and the World Trade Center to see how seriously the religious folks take Thou Shalt Not Kill. The more devout they are, the more they see murder as being negotiable. It's negotiable. You know? It depends. It depends. It depends on who's doing the killing and who's getting killed. So, with all of this in mind, I leave you with my revised list of the two commandments. <laughs> Thou shalt always be honest and faithful to the provider of thy nookie. <laughs> and thou shalt try real hard not to kill anyone. Unless, of course, they pray to a different invisible man from the one you pray to. <laughs> two is all you need. Moses could have carried him down the hill in his fucking pocket. And if they had a list like that, I wouldn't mind those folks in Alabama putting it up on the courthouse wall. As long as they included one additional commandment, thou shalt keep thy religion to thyself. Department. In the bullshit department, a businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman.
Because I got to tell you the truth, folks. I got to tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the invisible man has a special list of ten things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these ten things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. He loves you. He loves you and he needs money. He always needs money. He's all-powerful, all-perfect, all-knowing, and all-wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. <laughs> Religion takes in billions of dollars, they pay no taxes, and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. Thank you very much. But I want you to know, I want you to know something. This is sincere. I want you to know, when it comes to believing in God, I really tried. I really, really tried. I tried to believe that there is a God who created each of us in his own image and likeness, loves us very much, and keeps a close eye on things. I really tried to believe that, but I got to tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is fucked up. Something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption, and the ice capades. <laughs> Something is definitely wrong. This is not good work. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Results like these do not belong on the resume of a supreme being. This is the kind of shit you'd expect from an office temp with a bad attitude. <laughs> it's just between you and me, in between you and me, in any decently run universe, this guy would have been out on his all-powerful ass a long time ago. And by the way, I say this guy because I firmly believe, looking at these results, that if there is a God, it has to be a man. No woman could or would ever fuck things up like this. So, so, if, if, if there is a God, if there is, I think most reasonable people might agree that he's at least incompetent and maybe, just maybe, doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit, which I admire in a person and which would explain a lot of these bad results. So rather than be just another mindless religious robot, mindlessly and, and aimlessly and blindly believing that all of this is in the hands of some spooky incompetent father figure who doesn't give a shit, I decided to look around for something else to worship. Something I could really count on. And immediately, I thought of the sun. Happened like that. 
Overnight, I became a sun worshiper. Well, not overnight, you can't see the sun at night.
according to new surveys by the Pew Research Group, uh, we might actually be just a generation or so away from some really good government here in the United States. And here is why. The two youngest generations right now, you've got the millennials and what they're calling Generation Z. They happen to lean to the left on nearly every issue out there, even the ones who call themselves Republicans. And there's lots of different reasons for this. But the biggest thing that this uh, uh, Pew Research Center survey found is that these two generations view the government as a tool for good. Whereas the entire Republican Party says we need to shrink government, as Grover Norquist said, to the point where it's so small you can drown it in a bathtub. The younger generations disagree. The younger generations want the government to do its job. The younger generations think that it is the government's responsibility to address the issue of climate change and try to protect this country. The younger generations overwhelmingly want debt-free college, $15 minimum wage, Medicare for all, even the ones who identify as Republicans. They want the government to come in with solutions instead of just being a blind bureaucracy that occasionally passes bills that don't really do anything, you know, just procedural, blah, 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 blah. They don't care about that crap. They want answers, they want solutions, and they want our elected officials to be the ones to do that, again, even among the ones who call themselves Republicans. But there is a bigger issue with these two younger generations that the older generations don't have. And it's a positive for the youngers. It's because they're more racially and ethnically diverse than the older generations. And in fact, every generation is more diverse than the one that came before it. So Generation Z is actually more diverse, has more viewpoints and opinions, you know, backgrounds than even the millennials who are already very diverse. They were the most diverse and now Generation Z is. So they're less likely to hold the same prejudices that say the baby boomers are. They don't view people as inferior based on their race or their religion or their sexual orientation or their gender identity. They are accepting on a much larger scale of what the baby boomers like to call the others. They get it. They understand. They live through it. They live in a more diverse world. And they're ready for their more diverse world to take over from these aging old white guys who continue to do nothing in Washington, D.C., especially nothing that's going to help anybody but their old white guy donors. These kids, these young Americans, they want something better. And in just a generation or so, hopefully, they're going to be the ones who give us something better. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the George Wilder Jr. Show, everybody. Uh, Former Texas Congressman uh, Beto O'Rourke participate in an anti-wall march in March in El Paso. Coincides with Trump's pro-wall in uh, El Paso. So they're saying that this guy should run for uh, uh, president or vice president or something and that he would be – hold on. We have someone. You're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Yes, how you doing, sir? How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. 
Do you have a yeah, question my, or a yeah, uh, comment? My, yes. Uh, you know, this is, uh, uh, you know, regarding Andrew Yang. If you go to yang2020.com, he is an Asian-American citizen. He's running. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is the George Wilder Jr. We get those every now and then, those kinds of people on the George Wilder Jr. I don't Jr. show. I don't know no radio show or, or TV station that doesn't get a, a few quacks here and there. But anyway, uh, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke participates in an anti-wall march in El Paso. As I was saying, folks, we don't need no wall. We don't need no stinking wall <laughs> and we do not and it's just a joke it's just uh uh, uh a joke uh that trump keep harping he's not even calling it a wall anymore he's calling it a barrier a fence uh to try to uh i don't know make it sound like it's not that important or it's not that uh cost worthy uh, it doesn't matter whether it's a wall or a fence or whatever. We, there is no emergency on the border. There is no emergency whatsoever on the border. U.S.-Mexico uh, border, none. And for Trump to keep lying to say that there is or trying to manufacture and make people think that there is, I don't know. What is it? He just wants he, – he, he wants money. He wants the money. He just wants he, – he's, he's asking for something and feels that because he's president, he should get it. He should get it, and he should not. The Democrats are going to hold firm, and he will not get any money for some non-emergency. And if he tries to go around Congress and declare some sort of a national emergency to get the money, a federal judge is going to come into play. And he's going to find, and, and there's going to be plenty of evidence and, and proof that there is there is no crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. I, he just stuck on this. He just stuck on this. And his supporters, you know, most of them are most of them are you know, are idiots. I hate to say that, but they are. I, I never thought I would be calling Americans idiots, stupid, dumb uh, people, but there are a lot of them out here. And everyday Americans are starting to say to themselves, well, wow, we have a bunch of stupid people around. I, I never thought that I would be saying that there's a, dumb, a lot of dumb, stupid people in America. I never wanted to say that. I never thought I could say that. But dealing with them firsthand and seeing them every day, uh, yes, there is a lot of stupid people in America. There's, but I do think that there's more smart and intelligent people here. Uh, I think the smart and intelligent people outweigh the uh, are, are more of a higher higher percentage than there are of uneducated people and stupid people who, you you know someone is stupid when they when they are stupid but they don't know that they're stupid when they're trying to be smart but don't even know that they're dumb. You 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 know that. And you got a lot of ignorant people who think they know everything and don't know shit. Think they know everything and don't even have a high school diploma. (laughs) 
Some of them don't even have grade school diplomas. But anyway, let me get back to um, uh, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke, which some people are saying he should run for president or vice president. But in this 2019 uh, uh, season, we see a lot of women running for president. A lot of women running for office, and they are winning. I think it's a great thing. Being a man myself, I think it's a great thing that women are taking over where the men have failed. Women are taking over where the men have failed. These women are coming out strong. They're democratic women. They're of all nationalities. They're of all of all stripes, and they're coming out against Donald Trump because Donald Trump, I'm not going to say he doesn't like women, but he loves to degrade them, just like he's doing uh, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, Donald Trump's racist tax in a new phase. The president won't merely uh, bully uh, Elizabeth Warren with nicknames like Pocahontas, you know, he is really, really something. He's a failure as president, I think. But I know there's a lot of people out there listening to the show or will be listening to the show will disagree with me. But that's your prerogative. But my prerogative is that Trump is an awful failure as a president of the United States. And the lies just keep coming. You really can't count them as much. He's going to be... Doing, I mean, he's going to be out uh, at his rallies, and he's going to be getting in uh, re-election mode. And he's only getting in re-election mode is because Mueller is, I don't know, I don't know what Robert Mueller is doing, but I do know uh, he has more, so much on Trump that we. <laughs> I mean, I think the House of Representatives have the Democrats have more on Donald Trump where they can impeach him without even Mueller's final report. This guy, and he breaks the law almost every day. He, he obstructs every day. He lies every day. He bullshits every day. He cons every day. But I think some of these women have uh, calmed him down a little bit. And I think with the blue wave, he has maybe seen the light. But he is a dictator, at least in his mind. He should be able to dictate what the courts do, what people, how people react in his presence. And his racism knows no bounds. I mean, Donald Trump's racism. I don't even read his tweets no more. He's he he. he he tweets crazily. I don't even read his tweets no more. I think a lot of people don't read his tweets. There's nothing in them. But his tweets are dangerous because when he tweets, the world has access to his stupidity. They know what kind of president we have. He tweets out policy. He tweets, he tweets uh, out when he's going to fire someone. He doesn't fire someone in the traditional manner of firing someone. He treats it out or he goes on television and fires people. I guess he just can't look in, look in someone's eye and say you're fired because basically when he's firing somebody, he's firing people who 
are trying to keep him from blowing up America, blowing up the world. You know. Anyway, thanks for being on. Thanks for doing the George Wilder Jr. show, uh, Miss Elsie Baico, uh from Spain. I think uh, once again, I, I I think she's beautiful. I I think that uh, I think she's spot on about some of that stuff. I really do. I'm not religious. I don't. I'm not. I don't belong to belong to any kind of religious cult. I am my own man. I am not controlled. Uh, but some of the things she says make sense. And I will be going to purchase her book. Uh, and she says it's two ninety nine, I guess. But you know, a lot of people out there can't even afford a two ninety nine book. It's got to be ninety nine cents of free. But uh, in that case, <laughs> you can't afford mine. All right. Okay, um, we're just about off the air, and I want to say I had a lot of fun on the show. I want to thank my guests, the callers, and everybody who called in. Um, uh, join me tomorrow on the show. We will have a guest tomorrow. We'll have another author on the show tomorrow. And uh, uh, get out there and vote. Uh, yeah, we're going to be voting in Chicago. We're voting for for the mayor, a brand-new mayor. We, we finally got uh, Rahm Emanuel out of office. But I you know, I mean it's about 30 people running for mayor in the city of Chicago. I'm not too much impressed by either one. But I will vote. They all look like they need money to me. <laughs> you know, they're they're running for mayor of the city of Chicago because they want power, they want control, and they want a better better salary. Uh there was a debate the other night and I wasn't impressed by the debate, but as I've said we're going to go out here and vote because uh, that's our civic duty to, to vote. So if you, if you have elections in your neck of the woods, make sure you get out there and vote. You know, vote for the best candidate. And that's what we're going to do here. We're going to vote for the best candidate. And we're voting blue. No doubt about that. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Please listen tomorrow and for the rest of the week. We're going to have a lot of fun on the show. Should be some interesting people here. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care, and thanks for listening. Don't forget to podcast the show, and don't forget to tell everybody that you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and they should listen to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And make sure you go on Amazon and check out some of my work. Bye-bye, everybody.
lay me down before I go to sleep. In a troubled world, I pray the Lord to keep, keep hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. Bus our pies with the river. 